0: Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. Welcome to another episode of Millionaire Secrets. This is Jeff Lerner, your host. Always thrilled to be with you and getting to have amazing conversations with brilliant and successful people and bring that to you. Today, we are joined by Krista Mayshore, who. I know. I was previously on her podcast. We had an amazing conversation. I already know we're going to have a great conversation. I will say this about Krista. She is an elite, top, even sliver of 1% performer in two different industries that are saturated, wildly competitive, littered with wantrepreneurs, but very few high producers. And she's dominant in both of them, multi, multi multi-million-dollar producer in both real estate and online coaching. Amazing talent, brilliant mind. Krista, welcome to Millionaire Secrets.
1: Thanks, Jeff. You make me sound too good.
0: <laughs> I just call them like I see them. What can I say? I, I mean, you. seriously though, right? I mean, tell me I'm wrong. There's what, 3 million real estate agents in the United States and about I think you can count the ones that do a hundred homes a year on like maybe your toes and fingers.
1: Yeah. It's a pretty competitive space. Obviously it's a, it's really, the the barrier to entry is super easy. So you've got everybody and their brother getting their license.
0: Yeah. Like literally everybody and their brother. And so if I was reading the numbers right, you were, you were, how long were you in active real estate? Where was that, was like your main thing you were doing was real estate transactions?
1: 17 years before I went into coaching.
0: Okay. And you sold over 2,000 homes.
1: Yeah. Around 2,200 homes.
0: Yeah. So people talk about like, oh, I want to sell 100 homes in a year. Like that's this massive achievement. And it is. Only you sold, what's that, 120, 130 homes a year for 17 years straight?
1: Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. Some years I sold 170 and 169 was my best year. And some My first year in the business, I sold 69. So Pretty much every year from my first year, I went up and up and up in numbers.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's that really is incredible. I, I know a, num- a, a number of real estate agents. I've done real estate investing, so I'm kind of familiar. And obviously, I've bought a house as a, you know, home liver. And uh, so, I, you know, I'm reasonably familiar with the industry. And that's just, those are just massive numbers. And I want to talk about digital marketing. I want to talk about coaching. I want to talk about kind of the new school of entrepreneurship type of stuff that you do. But let's, can we just dive in with the, the good old-fashioned real estate part of your life? Because I, I think that's got to speak to who you are as much as what and how you do. Um, like, how did you dominate that industry so much?
1: Uh, you know, I just tried to be as different as possible. I kind of got thrown into it. So I used to be a teacher. I taught third grade for six years. I have a master's degree in curriculum and instruction. So teaching was my life. Like, I was going to be a principal. That's why I got my master's degree. And my, one of my little girls got sick. Um, when she was born, she contracted spinal meningitis, and then had kidney failure and mm. used strokes, and so we ended up in the, in the hospital for a couple of weeks. And when I got, when we got out, well, first they told me that she probably wasn't going to make it. They said, she, you know, multiple times they were like, "Call your, your priest. She's this is she's not going to make it." Well, she ended up making it, and she was she's great now. But they told me that I should expect that she was going to have severe learning disabilities, possibly be deaf and blind from the fevers and all that. And so I left my full time teaching job to be a stay at home mom, and I decided just to like I just kind of play real estate. I just get my real estate license and sell a couple homes a year, but mainly primarily be a be a stay at home mom. And what happened was I ended up um, leaving my profession and um, getting into real estate to play real estate, and found out my husband at the time was having an affair. So within a few months I had to drain bank accounts a brand new house with an empty backyard and two little girls, a single mom so I had to like really dive into real estate so that's how it started.
0: Wow um I guess uh is that that's making lemonade out of lemons it sounds like. Yeah, I'm
1: going through a hard time but you know like a lot of people are going through hard times right now what I can say is is when that happened to me my family was ripped apart i was very sad I and mean, i'm a rather thin person it's like i weigh about 100 you know 25 pounds i was under 100 pounds i was wow. just my life was shattered right and so but i'm so glad it was shattered because i didn't realize that just how unhappy i was and how dysfunctional it was and i wouldn't be in the place that i'm at right now had i been you know stayed where i'm at and so those of you who are going through hard times right now, sometimes the hard things you go through end up like there's a rainbow at the end of them. You know, now I'm haply, absolutely happily married, and um, you know we, we've adjusted so well, and I'm, I'm truly with my best friend, and things things are great. You know, of course there's been ups and downs in between there, but uh, I'm thankful that it happened because I wouldn't be the the person I am today had I stayed married because I, I really was kind of on an abusive path and didn't really know it.
0: Yeah, I mean. I appreciate you sharing about that. I think that's, that's such a powerful truth. You know, I mean, I I can briefly say for myself, when I got into, I would say the successful phase of my entrepreneurial life, prior to that, I was a very unsuccessful entrepreneur. (laughs) Um, I was getting divorced Well, I was heading for divorce. Let's say I was half a million dollars in debt. The, The economy had just collapsed. It was 2008. My, I had brick and mortar restaurant franchise businesses that I, I lost both of them. So now I am the, I'm on the hook for half a million bucks. Wife is done with me. She's like, this guy's a loser. And I was like, well, I don't like you anyways. And it was just a whole bad deal. And, but I'm living at her parents' house because we lost our apartment and like same thing. I mean, different thing, but same thing, just total rock bottom shit show of a life. And <laughs> you know, you, you hit bottom and there's only two ways to go. You can either slither sideways and just kind of ooze along the bottom or you can bounce, right?
1: Like a wrist, right? Or
0: just get better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so your first year you sold 69 homes. Now this was, how long ago was this? 20 plus years?
1: Yeah. 20 years ago. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. It's 20 years ago. So it's 2021. This was 2001. Clearly the real estate industry has changed a lot in the last 20 years.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I When I first started in real estate, like to show homes, I had to use the Thomas Brothers map and I had to like yeah. out the 20 houses and, and map quest it, you know, like from the, from the map and like right, right down, right here, go left here, you know, X, Z and it was just a nightmare. Like, I, <laughs> How many houses, 20, you want to see 10 houses, it took me like four hours just to map quest the house and God forbid they ever asked me to veer in a different direction. I wouldn't know how to get there, you know, so yeah, it was very different.
0: So what is it that you think you could speak to in terms of how you were able to, cause even 69 homes, your first year, that's a, that, I mean, I got to think that's a top one, two, at least 5% real estate realtor, right? 1%
1: pretty close, especially. Yeah. The,
0: yeah. yeah. So, so what is it that you could say about what you did then that would still be roughly relevant now, even though the, obviously the technology's changed?
1: Well, I would. I was willing to put in the work and the time, right? I mean, I tell you how many times it'd be like Thanksgiving meal, and somebody would call and say, "Hey, I want to see a house," you know. And I'm cooking Thanksgiving. You're like, "Cool, I'll be there." I mean, I, I did whatever it took originally. I mean, I I'd show houses on Christmas and Christmas Eve, and I it's still amazing to me that people would allow me to actually show the house at that time, or they even asked to show. But I mean, it it really I did right and. I had my kids 50% of the time at that time. And so I, when I had my kids, I worked like crazy. And, and when I didn't um, have that, when I had when I had them, I, I was with them, but when I didn't have them, I would just work, work, work. So I was willing to put the time in. I I took a ton of education and uh, got credentialed in, you know, almost any certification I could get my hands on back then in real estate. When I was first starting, I invested in my business. I mean, I, I was not afraid to put, to spend money to make more. Mm-hmm. right that I was putting my listings on television, I would, you know, put CDs on the fly on the, on the, on my real estate signs and put like 20 pictures on the CDs where most people were just doing like black and white flyers. You know, I, I just made sure that I was doing things differently. And um, I really just took care of my clients. Right. I mean, I love people and I, I love, I want people to like me, obviously. And I, I like doing right by people. So, I, you know, I always say people before things and the things will come. Mm-hmm. It was really about, you know, whether they could afford it or whether it was a good investment. And more often than not, I would say, hey, this might not be the right house for you. And here's why. And people were like, do you even want to sell real estate? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't feel, you know, I can tell the market's crashing and you're, you know, you're, you work at Kmart, you're, you're going to spend $500,000 on a house. I don't, I don't see how that's going to work. Right. And, you know, that that was really what was happening back then. But it just, you know, it worked. I worked really hard and just you know, had good intentions and, you know, all is well.
0: So your first year, 69 houses, uh, how much, how many of those were your listings on the seller side and how many of those were house hunting for buyers, buyers at first? Yeah. 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 And that's, I mean, that's the standard where you start is, is buyer representation, right? Which is like pretty brutal, thankless work. It is. Yeah. It
1: was pretty brutal. It's uh, again, it's every weekend, every night. It's, On their schedule, drop everything because if you don't, if you don't drop everything, they'll go to somebody else. Real estate's pretty, you know, dog eat dog. Um, I did open houses back then and door knocked back then and did all the things that you know I I would never do now, (laughs) but I did them back then. So and they worked. They didn't work as effectively as the things that I do now do, but they they definitely did work. And um, but most people are not willing to do the type of things that it takes. Like most people would not be willing to door knock and would not be willing to you know, uh, have a listing of and, and, you know, hand out 100 flyers, you know, every weekend or just do those kind of things. They wouldn't be willing to hold an open house and then afterwards go bring a gift to the clients that that showed up and say, hey, you won the raffle. And by the way, here's my marketing plan. Or, you know, they wouldn't, most people are not willing to do what it takes in a lot of careers and a lot of professions because they let the excuses come in the
0: way. So, how did you, were, were you always like that? Or was it the, the desperate situation you found yourself in that kind of lit a fire that maybe you didn't even know was there?
1: Well, I, you know, kind of both. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't realize as, until I've gotten older, just kind of how driven I am. But when I was younger, I found myself in trouble. I ended up in juvenile hall. And then I ended up going to a group home um, in, in high school and then spending my remainder three years of high school in a foster home. And during that time, I, you know, I was a good kid, but I had some family problems. And so, but deep down, I was always a good kid, you know, Mm -hmm. but I just found my way into some negativity. And so, um, I remember at one point thinking, I've got to, I can just, I can keep doing this juvenile hall thing, or I could be different, you know, like, I'm a good kid. Like, I don't want to be like this. So I just made the conscious decision to sort of be the best I could be in everything that I was doing. Right. And so... Um, I remember um, deciding to go to college and I applied for a scholarship and I got a scholarship from the juvenile hall that I had, was in. And the guy told me when I, when he gave me the scholarship, and it wasn't very much, it was like $1,200 a year. But for me, that was a lot because I was paying for my own college and everything. And he said, Krista, one day when you make it big, just remember like to be a good person and to pay it forward. And I, I remember that. I remember him handing me the check, like literally it was a check back then, like a handwritten check mm-hmm. and him telling me pay it forward and to be a good person. And, and, and then the the meaning of that check was like, there were times where I couldn't eat. And that, that check like put, you know, food in my, in, in my stomach. So I took it serious and, you know, I just kept trying to be the best person that I can be. And, you know, had great friends and read great books and hired great mentors and just continue to then and now, you know, work on the person that I am.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. You first did it in real estate, Um, now you're working on the digital marketing, uh, and coaching side of things. And, you know, I had an interview on this show several months ago with actually my best friend from high school. We met in driver's ed and, uh, he's my best friend. His name's Rob and he's actually building one of the fastest, probably the fastest growing residential real estate team in the, in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex right now. And he just transitioned into it from, uh, like three years ago. So he's gone from, you know, zero to fastest growing team leader in the Metroplex in like three years. He was a personal trainer before that. And, you know, he played college football and whatever, hardworking guy. But um, we were, because we're really good friends, we talk a lot and we always draw parallels between his industry and, and my industry, especially a few years ago when I was very much in the digital marketing square of, of business, right? because they're both industries where anybody can do it, but virtually nobody does it. I mean, a lot of people try to do it and you and I would both say, well, anybody could do it, but so many people try to do it. But then you look at the statistics. I mean, honestly, internet marketing is probably just as bad as real estate for like what percentage of people actually, let's say make a million dollars or transform their life or, are able to quit their day job. Like whatever the standard is, um, you've done it in two industries. I've done it in two industries because I used to be a professional musician, which, you know, how many kids play piano lessons versus how many actually make a living, you know, doing studio work and gigs. Like, what? so, what, so I'm curious, what is it that you find as the parallel in real estate and now digital marketing that, I, I mean, I've been searching for this answer for over a decade. Why is it that anybody can, but so few will?
1: I think a lot of it has to be—it's—it's it's your own belief system, right? I mean, and I know that sounds so cliche, but uh, if you read the book from Lewis Howes School of Greatness, one of the things that he found that people had in common was the fact that they believe they can do it. And for some reason, I just always have believed that I can do it. Like I remember being at a real estate training about five, six years ago, and them asking us to put our goals down, and I wrote down two million dollars. And everybody around me was like 100,000, 150, 75,000, 250, and I was like, oh man, I almost like I went to erase my goal of two million dollars, and um, I was like, why? Why am I going to erase erase it? I can do it. Like, I mean, I just got to work for it, right? And 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 I did. Like, we've done, we we've, we've had you know, two million dollar more than two million dollar years, uh, in real estate. Right. We, just, we just brought my digital marketing company from zero to. Eight figures in thirty-five months, right? Yeah. From no one knowing who I was, and yeah, and, and it is it was hard. You don't get me wrong. I made so many mistakes. I had, I had. There was a, a year of like, how am I even paying? How was this even half? How am I paying these bills? Because this it seemed like I would was spending more than I was making, and I was quite frankly, a lot of a lot of those months. And it's taken me quite a while to really kind of like be profitable, if it makes sense in the in that space, because mm-hmm. I was trying to grow so fast, I just kept throwing throwing things back back into it. I don't regret that at all because it's, it's, it's worked out well for us. Um, but I mean, it's just believing in myself and, and when I fall, like not wallowing in it, but just going, okay, that happened. Now let's, how do we, how do we adjust? How do we adapt? How do we move over it or under it or through it? How do we just keep pushing forward? And one more thing I will say is just starting, right? Like I start way too fast. Meaning most people will think like, we made this decision. You just, why are you already starting? It's like, well, I mean, because I need to start. And, and so a lot of people are just getting ready and they're aiming, but they never fire where I fire first and then I get ready and then I aim. And so along the way, I'm, I'm making mistakes, I'm adjusting, I'm adapting. But that happens when you wait and you plan, and you try to make it be perfect. So many people are trying to be perfect and make everything be so ready. And when, when they actually launch or do something, they still make all the mistakes that I made when I just started. I think that's
0: been- right. Yeah, I mean- it,
1: it, I Jam, it's a hard one. Like, I
0: don't know. I just no, it, I mean, here's the thing: I've I'm I think you're like my hundred and fifth or hundred. I know we passed a hundred interviews a couple of weeks ago. So let's say you're number 105, 110 somewhere in there. I basically ask everyone the same question because <laughs> you know that's who I have on the show are people that are outlier successes in their in their fields, and it's always basically the same answer. So don't you know? I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but if there's a right answer, I think you got it right. It's not what you do, it's who you are and how you do, you know, it's, it, there's these, there's these intangible qualities, massive action taking, the ability to make a decision and go hard into that decision without equivocation, without second guessing. It's, you're probably a, you know, in some ways a, a really intense person that even sometimes makes people uncomfortable. Cause they're like, why is this lady so on all the time? Can't she just chill? And like, You know, I'm, I'm right there with you. And the reason I say this isn't because it's good or bad. You know, we, you are who you are. I am who I am. The people I have on the show are who they are, but based on what people say they want out of life, then you could argue that this is good. It is good to be this way. It is good to be intense. It is good to be extreme. It is good to be driven. It's good to be fast moving. It's good to be constantly moving and shifting and adapting and not getting stuck in analysis paralysis. It's good to be exactly like Krista if you want success, abundance, money, freedom, flexibility, lifestyle options, early retirement, right? Probably all the stuff that, well, You probably could have early retirement, but you probably won't take advantage of it. I'm just saying like people are, if people are listening to a show called Millionaire Secrets, Krista's telling you what to do.
1: Well, and not only only that, I think, you know, like I'm a huge component on mindset. I mean like I, I, my mindset, like crazy. I read books constantly. I'm listening to audiobooks. I'm, I have my own affirmations. I visualize my, my day. I write out, you know, how I want every aspect of my life to look all the cliche things that everyone says, but if you look at all the research and the science behind doing all those things that people think are so cliche and sound so like minuscule, there's, it's huge. I mean, because your reticular activating system doesn't know where it it wants to go, unless you're telling it to. So I do all those corny things that people will say corny. And like my students will tell, will say, you know, I hear this more than anything with my coaching students. Like Kristen, not only have you changed my business, but you've changed my life. But, well, I didn't change your life. You did. You are the person that changed your life. I was just a catalyst to help get you to get there. But the reason being is because in my trainings, there's so much mindset. And I think so many people, honestly, Jeff, are just, they're they're broken. They have a hard time. They get so stuck. Like if I have to hear one more time, how horrible 2020 was, like it's been one of the best years of my business, you know, and, and, and with real estate agents and now local professionals that don't even really have the ability to invest in, in their business, but they are because they know. And also, a new opportunity has arisen. Like, right, COVID, COVID basically, I had two, two people in my company very, very high up, my marketing manager, director, and my human resources director, go into business together to open a business in a competing business that directly correlates and competes with me, okay? It, like, it knocked me on my butt for about two days. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, and then and I was just like, OK, I went full speed on how do we fix this? Like, how do we make this better? How do we, you know, and it's been it was, it's been six months of just absolute like constantly fixing things that were broken and changing and modifying and adapting. And like and I'll tell you what, looking back now, again, it was the best thing that could have ever happened because I didn't realize all the things that were weren't working correctly because I was just trusting in the process and not being not taking extreme ownership of my company right? And, but now it's like the company is, is in alignment. We're working together as a team. We fixed all the back end stuff. We're, we're way, way, way more profitable now. Like I was looking back, I'm like, I mean, the first month's where I'd spend $470,000 in expenses and I'm, you know, now we're down to under 200, right? Yeah. All just these things that I thought was so bad, kind of getting on a tangent, but I, I just think that when you're in business. Number one, you've got to believe in yourself. You have to know that stuff is going to happen, things are going to come in your way, and you have to just be willing to adapt. And you have to be willing to invest and to take risks. I mean, how many people do you know that they want all of this stuff? They want to have the freedom and the flexibility and the time, but they're not, number one, willing to invest in themselves and the education and the skill to learn how. And number two, they're not willing to invest um, the time that it takes to get there right? Mm-hmm. It's like, they, they want the, these things, but they're not willing. It's like, I, I know about hiring Russell Brunson. He helped me go from zero to, you know, seven figures in, in 20, 20 uh, 25 months, 26, 23 months. What was it? And now, you know, to go from zero to eight figures in 35 months, it's from investing in his coaching and mentorship and, and as well as, you know, and upwards of around $300,000 in coaching and training over the past three years. When I just actually wrote it down, I did this thing in the inner circle, and I said, hey, we hit 10 figures, and here's all of you that I gave money to. I started listing out like 25 grand, 60 grand, 30 grand. I'm not kidding, it was it was close to 300 grand. And I'm like, and I know I forgot some of you. I was able to get to where I'm at because I did took the investment. Now that money came out of my pocket, meaning I didn't see the profit yet of, of, my, of my business, but I just kept investing back in me. Does that make sense? And and yeah, and, and,
0: and you know, if I heard your story right, you didn't really see the profits from that for like almost two years.
1: Yes, we just, I honestly, we're like we have a million dollars in the bank right now with Community Market leader. So, and it's taken more a little bit more, but it's taken us you know three years to get there. Yes, we've made ten million. Now we've got a million in the bank, and yes, we've bought things along the way. But now we're really starting to see the profits. And what I was getting to is that opportunities arise and you have to be willing to take them. Okay. And I'll give you an example. So I um, am with eXp Realty now. So I basically, I I want to talk to you about your friend too, your friend Rob, you said. So I I went to eXp Realty because I'm coaching now 99% of the time. So this year I'll sell, I think 93 houses and in real estate working five hours a month in real estate. So I work five hours a month. I record videos. I have a process and a team now that runs that for me, very, very profitable company because I'm coaching. Well, I got nervous about being my own broker because I was afraid that I'm my own broker right now. I'm not involved as much. I don't want to get sued. So I'm going to go to eXp Realty and they're going to be my broker and I'm going to be an agent, homes by Krista, brokered by eXp Realty. Right. Well, when the whole thing happened with my my business partners, basically, it wasn't partners, but you know my two main head people, And I was like, man, this could all get taken away from me very quickly. And so an opportunity arose with eXp for me to build an organization within an organization. And so I took the opportunity, meaning somebody was like, listen, I know you didn't to eXp because you just wanted to, you know, not have any liability, but have you really looked into the model? And I was like, no, I haven't. And they're like, if you just looked into the model, Krista, we think that you'd be shocked. So I was like, okay, I gave myself a month. I dove in under... To them mall, and I was like, oh my goodness, I can help so many more people now. I could now help realtors across the country, bringing them into my EXP organization, coach them and train them in a different capacity and still be able to make a massive impact. And by doing that, like in a four-month period, we brought in a million dollars of projected income from the coaching because it's a whole different avenue. But my point is, is that had I just stayed stuck when that thing happened to me, And just been upset and hurt and i wasn't through all the stages of grief right i was like angry and hurt and all those things but but then it was like okay i allowed my mind to to think about ways to protect itself and to enhance and to move forward and because of that thing that happened it made me develop this whole new business right now i've got a third one over here that i never would have even thought about doing because i was already i thought so content right yeah just being willing to take some risks and to you know work a little bit harder. Yes, it's been a huge investment. I mean, I've invested time, invested energy on that new new um, business, but I'm also able to help a lot more people. Like it, it, it works. So when the crap hits the fan, look for the lemonade, right? Like think about how can I get out of this? How can I work this? Don't sit there and wallow and be pissed and be mad and sad and blah 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 because you're going to keep getting more of that.
0: Yeah. Somebody on a, in an interview yesterday said everybody, and I've heard this before, they said everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. <laughs> you know, you got to make the investment if you want to get the payoff, right? And
1: if you hear, well, once I have the money, then I'll make the investment. It's completely the opposite. You need, you know, think about how long it takes a doctor. And I love this because of your platform. You're all about learning and coaching and all this. Think about how long it takes a doctor to go to school the the amount of money they spend in school, the amount of time and the years and years to become a doctor, and they make that investment to have this this you know financial ending. Why is it that so many people, entrepreneurs, business owners, they don't feel that they need to put in the same and, and not even the close to the same? I mean, you you and I both know that there's trainings out there for you know hundred thousand dollars less than doctors pay that will give will make, make more money than a doctor will make, but most people are not willing to go make the dive, like you said. <laughs> not like to dive.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's because, I, I mean, I have a pretty good theory on that. It's because people inherently are so much more willing to look outside themselves for security than inside themselves for security. Because, I mean, the average, we, we have a part of a presentation in my company, Entra, Where we call it the uh, $190,000 difference. And that's the average cost of a Harvard education is $190,000. And it's like, what do people actually get for $190,000? Because the reality is now in the world we live in, you don't even get any information that you couldn't get for free on the internet. There's literally not one thing you can learn at Harvard that they have some like proprietary claim to. It's all out there for free. So you're not paying for access to information. You're paying for curation you're paying for an organized pathway you're paying for relationships networking alumni you're paying for you know all this stuff right but all that stuff you're paying for is meant to come with it this external value that gets applied to you once you have the degree or I call it the receipt that people think oh well now you know now externally they're going to provide me with more security when the reality is statistically, 12 years after graduating from Harvard, the average person is made a, making $84,000 a year. Yeah,
1: the average gr- graduate from Cornell, Harvard, all of them is between fifty-six dollars and $65,000 a year to start.
0: To start, yeah. And 12 years later, they're still not making six figures.
1: So they're only making, so 12 years later, the numbers are eighty-five grand. That
0: is that's from, And that's from Harvard. That's from the number one. Harvard and Stanford are the top two schools in terms of income. And it's yeah, still not, you don't make the average graduate doesn't make six figures in their first twenty years. Wow, That's what sick. the f- are they doing?
1: Oh, I totally agree. I, and I hate to admit this, but if my kids came to me now and said, "Mom, we want to quit school and we want to go take this, you know, this training on clickfunnels, and I want to learn how to become this number one," I'd be like, "If you're committed to it and you're getting, yeah. you're going to actually do it, and you're yes, I'll support you." You know.
0: Yeah. And to, and to your point about, about turning lemons into lemonade or, you know, bouncing from chaos, you know, a lot of people I'll share with you briefly, like, you know, I started Entra, my education company right now to basically say, Hey, I've been an entre- I've been entrepreneur for t- over 20 years. I've been a reasonably successful entrepreneur who was at least turning a profit for like a decade. And it's given me this quality of life and let me tell the world how I did it and, you know, how they can do it too. That was kind of the premise, right? But what a lot of people don't know is, I started Entra the way I started it, as aggressively as I started it to where we've scaled, you know, from zero to a lot in like two years because I got screwed on a deal. I got ripped off for almost a million bucks. I sold my agency and I was supposed to get paid out over almost two years. And halfway through the payout, that company that was paying me went out of business. And I was suddenly, I was supposed to be making like, 70 80 grand a month for like another year without having to lift a finger and all of a sudden whew, it was gone and i had lost my asset because i sold the asset so i was like well you know and i was pissed i was like well i could sue them throw good money after bad i could but that, i don't have time like i didn't have time the only thing i had time to do was get my ass into massive high gear and two years later, we have probably the fastest growing private education company in the world. Like literally, it's just what you do when you, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. You do it. I do it. Every single guest I've ever had on the show has done it. They all have the same story. And if if we can accomplish anything here, it's that at least one listener who's just went through 2020, same as the rest of us, and is having a really shitty Christmas, goes, yep, that's the move. 2021's my year. I'm making my move. Let's crush it. And they go
1: yeah and just do it no you can do it and just like just keep on going and don't stop it's funny the same thing with what happened to me and they're like well you should sue them and i'm like hey for what like i what am i assuming for i don't want to even have any energy or negativity put on that i want to move forward like yeah. rear, rear view mirrors behind you for a reason like i i need to just keep going you know and and it's 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 it's, it's been it's been good you know i've been uh lining myself with great people and i, I couldn't I couldn't
0: complain. Yeah, that's a good metaphor. Imagine trying to drive down the road by staring in the rearview mirror. Like <laughs> how how would that work? <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so 3 4 years ago, by the way, don't think we miss the fact that you're still going to sell 70 houses this year even though you're working 5 hours a month. Like that just I think deserves casual mention. Um, when did but you switched into digital marketing and coaching, did you say 3 3 years ago? 35 months?
1: in uh in November so um uh, is when I did the the switch and I remember making the change and my husband and my parents were like Krista normal people do not change leave a career that they're making over a million dollars a year at to go to a new career like not a smart idea and uh my husband's like are you sure babe like I mean because I'm the kind of the breadwinner and I'm like yeah I think I'm gonna do it so it was a rough road too obviously my real estate business kind of changed a little bit because of my focus was on coaching and but it it uh it ended up being one of the greatest things because I love coaching and training. And I I had mastered real estate and I had mastered digital marketing and real estate. Now I wanted to help other people. So my coaching company originally was just helping realtors across the country, learn how to utilize social media, digital marketing, and put a a real estate spin on it um, so that they could kind of be the go-to authority and expert in their community by getting like massive amounts of eyes on them. And now we're teaching local professionals how to do the same. So it's, it's been awesome. I love it.
0: What, you may have just answered the question, but I'd love for you to dig a little deeper. What what drove that change three years ago?
1: Um, you know, I, I was reading the book, Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. And he always, it says in there, when you get this little thing and you get this, someone keeps telling you to do something, Like maybe eventually you should, you should think about doing it. And I kept hearing from people, you should be a coach. You should, you my God, you're so inspiring. You should, and I just all the time. I was like, you know, I love coaching, I love teaching, and I miss it so much. And I'm i just I was burnt out on real estate, quite frankly. And so I was like, you know what? I have something that's different. I know I can help a lot of people. They need this because their realtors are so old school in what they're doing, you know, and they have not don't even know about digital marketing or and, they, and if they do, they don't know it, they don't know it correctly. And I thought I could really make a huge impact. So I just went for it and here I am. <laughs>
0: Well, I have my copy of Think and Grow Rich right here. So I, I, I literally, when I'm bored, well, not bored, I'm never really bored. I, somebody told me if you're bored, you're boring. And I'm like, yeah, actually that's true. So I'm never really bored. But when I have a few minutes to kill, I, I look and I, it's my favorite thing to just pick up and read. Um, but I, w- one thing that occurs to me in what you just said is everybody else looking at the situation saw, oh my gosh, she's going to walk away from a, mul- you know, a multi-million dollar business. And by the way, you've sold over a billion dollars in real estate, right? I think
1: it's like ten billion, and no, it's a lot, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to like probe you for n- details of your financial situation, but for anybody that's trying to do the math, like, realtor makes even after splits, broker splits, and everything, and you, just on either side of the transaction, make one to two percent of the deal.
1: Yeah, and I was making about one point eight million, like a year, bringing home about one point five million. Yeah.
0: But,
1: you know, like. You know, we don't, we don't have any debt. We own multiple homes. Like we, we've, we, I've done well. I mean, imagine yeah. my average is right now it's around 750,000 back then probably closer to 500,000 a year. And we charged the 3% commission. So, you know, we did, we did good. And I, and I don't, didn't have a huge staff. So most people, when they talk about, oh, I sold a hundred homes. It's a, with a team of like 20, right? Me, A transactional coordinator and a marketing assistant. Right? Like that was the all the seventeen years up until the last year and a half before I um I, I left to go into coaching. It was just me. I, there was no other licensed agents, um, doing that kind of numbers. But because of the systems and all that in place, right? So it was a good living. <laughs> it was a really good living, right? But it wasn't something that I mean, I I love real estate, but I mean, I was on vacation, Jeff, and you know, with getting up at three in the morning, doing working for six hours, when you're selling 150, 160 homes, there's a lot involved when it's just you and you know, you don't have other agents helping. I was never off, it was, I was constantly on vacation. My kids were like, mom, mom, get off the phone, mom, listen to me. And I, one day I was like, I'm Like I just cannot keep doing this anymore. It's been 17 years straight of just like pedal to the metal. You know, I'm not one that tends to stop. And I was just like tired of not ever being off. Right. So I just, I got home and I called my brother and I said, listen, I need to teach you to be me pretty much. And uh, you know, I know we had like a six month plan, but I need it to happen like next week. So I need you here on Monday. <laughs> so that's how it all happened.
0: Well, the, the reason I mentioned it is because, it, and I've been through this too, and it, this may sound cocky. It's not cocky. It's just, I think it's just properly informed and properly uh, perceiving human value. To most people, you walked away from a multi-million dollar business to gamble on a new business. I wouldn't have seen it that way because being a residential real estate agent isn't a multi-million dollar business for most people. It's actually a garbage business for most people. It was a multi-million dollar business for you. That's not because of the residential real estate industry. That's because of you. So if you're the X factor to make... What for millions of people is like a crappy part-time business that they maybe sell one house a year and you sold 150 a year and you're the X factor there. Why would it be a gamble to take that X factor and apply it to another industry that frankly has equally low statistical outcomes, which is inter- digital marketing and coaching, but who cares because you're the X factor and you're going to be just as good over here as you were over there. Right? Yeah, but It doesn't happen obviously overnight. I mean, well, but that's part of being the X factor—is not being, in, you know, impatient.
1: Yeah, yeah. But like we had months in in the in the coaching, like within within a two year time frame, you know, like my best month in real estate, I made like three hundred and thirty six thousand dollars in a month. That was my best month. And we had a six hundred and seventy thousand dollars months in in coaching, and it took me you know fifteen years to get to that point in real estate, right? Which we did it in like two. But again, the profits at first weren't. Um, right. as much because we, I just kept putting it back in. I'm like, put it back in, put it back in. Like my goal was to just grow it as fast as I could,
0: you know? You know, I appreciate, by the way, I, I actually really love how transparent you are about the economics of your business. Some people like keep that close to the vest. Like, like they're, it, it's, when you're an entrepreneur, I don't feel like it's bragging. It's literally, it's data. Yeah, and oh, and data is only useful if it's visible people don't, don't talk about
1: this. Oh, I made a million dollars, but it co- took me a million and a dollar to make a million. Right? Like they don't talk about that at first. And, 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 and I, we could have, I mean, I could have been more profitable, but I really wanted to fast track. And so I was like hiring the best of the best to help me grow more quickly. Yeah. You know? And I don't regret it because now it's, it's really done well from us. Um, I, I, gosh, just this past month we've invested five gosh, I think around 60 grand just in coaching and, and support to help us get better. Um, and that could have been profit, but it's like, I just know that for in order for me to continue to grow and get where I want to be, I want to be able to have that. I want to enhance it by hiring people that know more in each specific subject than I do, you know? So.
0: Yeah. I was saying we had a, an event last week, a company wide event for Entra, And I so I said on the event, I was like 2020, like we've scaled, like from January to now we've grown over 2,000% month over month. But I was saying on the on the event, I was like, I feel like I've been building a mansion this year. Because if you think about building a mansion, you got like the tile guy who's like, yeah, I just ordered the t- the marble from Italy and I need $40,000 to get the tile. And you're like, okay, here's a check for $40,000. And then the electrician comes in and is like, oh, I'm wiring the home theater, but it's going to be 32 two grand. I need a check. And you're like, okay, here's 32 grand. I literally feel, that's how I felt all year. As I'm 10 grand over here, 15 grand over here, 20 grand over here, just just to get better information.
1: And no one even realizes too, like how much, like it's like it adds up, you know? It's, it's just, it's a, one thing I will tell you though, that I realized this year, after what happened was I'm more careful where I spend my money. I'm much more careful who I trust. Mm I, especially with all these gurus out there right now that are, you know, so they're experts. I make sure that they really, really are an expert because what I found was that a lot, there's a lot of people that are claiming to be, experts and geniuses in their certain profession but they haven't really done what they're claiming. So that's one thing I'm careful with now is like just really being careful as far as who I hire, making sure that they've actually done the done the done the walk the talk, you know.
0: Yeah. So, if we were going to try to like boil all the water out of this pan and say, okay, attention world, here is the formula for getting rich online. Let's just be tacky and call it that. I, I would it. say this get really, really good at something and just get really, really personally excellent in general. Like develop yourself to a place where you're confident and you can, you know, humbly but accurately say, I am excellent. I am excellent at my craft. You are excellent at your craft. I'm really excellent at certain things, right? Like give me a, play a song on the radio. I can sit down and play it by ear. That's just something I'm good at, you know, like, but, but like do the work. It could take 10 years. It could take 20 years. Do the work. There's no shortcutting the work, but once you've done the work to be a certain way, the internet is like steroids. And, and, And so, so you have built an eight figure business in three years. I've built an eight figure business in, you know, roughly the same amount of time online, whereas it took you 15 years offline in real estate because the internet has certain unique qualities and that's why I evangelize it that like it doesn't mean that you don't have to be good it's not like a a substitute for skill or quality but assuming you have skill or quality the internet will light a fire in your life that nothing else can
1: so here and here so people ask me well what's your key to success and I'll say this in both businesses it's creating content and properly distributing it Right. Mm -hmm. So I call it the the seven C's. You got to commit to consistently producing content correctly. Correctly meaning it's the right content to the right people and they're actually, it's actually being seen, it's correctly being distributed. Right. So if you can commit to consistently producing content correctly, you're going to make a connection. So you're going to convert more clients and customers. Okay. So it's so, the internet is so great, but if nobody is seeing your stuff, it doesn't make a difference. The key is, is, is producing quality content, right? Good information that's going to help and serve your audience, making sure that they're getting the right information at the right phase, cold, warm, or hot, depending on where they're at and making sure it's actually being seen. And then once it's being seen to continuing to be seen in front of those people, solving their problems, right? Because you cannot be a solution unless you're solving a problem. You can't be a solution unless you're being seen, right? We like Everyone wants to be known, but in order for you to be known, you have to be seen, you have to be heard, you have to be solving a problem. So I think one of the biggest mistakes that most people make is that they, they, they're, they're producing content, they're, but no one's seeing it because they're not investing in the skills and the strategies to make sure the content's actually getting proper exposure. Yeah,
0: yeah so that, and that's what, I mean, in the 17 years that you were in real estate, 2001, I mean, by what, when did, when did social media become really prominent in your business in real estate? About eight
1: years ago. So about eight years ago, I started creating video content and just like, like no one was doing it right. Like video content, as soon as Facebook came out, I learned right away how to run Facebook ads. And so like, I haven't done an open house or 10 years at least open houses, cold calling, door knocking. It's a hundred percent, you know, I'm online. My videos are targeting people. I'm like, I call them the community market leader, where, you know, anything about real estate or community or the area, you know, best hot spots in town, best dog parks, new, you know, interviewing other professionals, interviewing local businesses, I'm there, right? right. That's where I spend my time. And then I take all that information, that content, like, I properly distribute it and target people and retarget people. So that I'm just constantly being seen as the go-to top of mind expert. That's how I was able to work five hours a, a, a month and, you know, sell just under hundred homes a year.
0: So it, I mean, again, mostly from talking to my friend, it apparently even given the very obvious truth of what you just said, the vast majority of realtors still have not leaned into video based content digitally distributed.
1: Like 1%, not even that. And not, it's not just realtors. It's any lo- any local profession, uh, an attorney, a doctor, an insurance agent, a mortgage broker. This strategy works for any type of profession or business, quite frankly, locally. Like if you, if I asked you, Jeff, name the number one attorney or insurance agent or dentist
0: or doctor or real estate agent. Yeah, it's, the, it's the guy that's either all over Facebook or runs the most TV commercials.
1: Yeah, or, or on the billboard, right? But, or the billboard, yeah that or you just know that person because you know them but in most cases you can't say yeah i know what that dentist is i know that insurance agent is they're just you you can't think of them because no one's doing it
0: right yeah i mean and i know i noticed these things because i'm a digital marketer but like yeah to most people i mean i remember sitting down with an attorney i had when i before i sold my agency we launched an inbound marketing division and i showed him on paper i did a ran a I think it was a SpyFu report. I don't know if you're familiar with that, where you can actually see everybody's Google ads and figure out their spend and everything. I showed him the Google ad spend with a SpyFu report on the number one personal injury attorney in all of Utah.
1: I don't know what that is. What's that called?
0: It's called SpyFu. Oh yeah, this is a a great hack for everyone. At least a couple of years ago when I used it for agency, S-P-Y-F-U. No, I didn't mean to say F-U, but S-P-Y-F-U. SpyFu. And I showed him. I'm like the guys. Sp- you wonder why the guys so all over the place. He spends four hundred thousand dollars a month on Google ads. Yeah. And the guy's like, "Well, well, oh, that, we can't spend four hundred thousand dollars a month." I'm like, "How much did you guys bill this year?" And he was like, "We billed like two million bucks or something." I'm like, "Stop everything! Fire all the secretaries! Quit printing! You know, go digital. Save on ink cartridges. Like whatever you got to do." give me like a hundred grand a month. And I promise six months from now, it'll return a million. And then 400 will not will be no laughing matter or will just be a laughable thing. And he's like, oh. and by the way, I was charging him eight, my proposal was charge him $8,000 a month to do this. Total shutdown. They basically laughed me out of the room. And I'm like, you can lead a horse to water, you know?
1: Yeah, it's so true. So true. Oh, I, I found Facebook advertising to be both, both my companies, right? The number one way to, to just be top of mind. Right. And, and you can be a brand new in any industry and, you know, and beat out top performers within a year of doing this, as long as you stick with it and you're consistent with it. Right. Because people, you know, uh, what, what perception is reality. So if somebody sees you all the time, all over Facebook, or Instagram, whatever it might be, giving information, giving content, market updates, you know, talking about like, hey, this is, you know, it's tax time, uh, here's the top 10 things you need to do to make more money your taxes this year, right, or save money your taxes this year. You're gonna, be the, that person is all of a sudden an expert, right? Yeah. And so it's it, it just works fabulously. So if anyone ever asked me, Kristen, what would be your advice on how I can really start enhancing my business and grow, and, you know, actually truly be able to have more time and freedom, I'd say start producing more content, correctly distributing it through ads and make sure you're solving problems.
0: So last question. And then I know we both have to go. Um, I have another appointment. You have to finish your Christmas shopping. Christmas shopping. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last question, and then I want you to tell the world how they can come f- find you and, and hear more of your, your, your greatness. Um, so you mentioned creating properly distributing, you mentioned consistency. How, yeah. in your estimation for the average, let's say, let's confine the question to local markets. Not like, like for me, I, I, I decided, I'm, an, I'm crazy. I decided I'm going to go compete with Robert Kiyosaki and Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson. And that's a whole different question, right? Global, global competition. But for a local real estate agent, plumber, electrician, auto mechanic, you know, that type of person, how long do you think they need to consistently produce a fairly abundant amount of content before they start to win that top of mind game in their market
1: so if they can give it about six months and honestly it probably isn't even that long but like we've seen some people do it in three you've seen some people take nine right uh but we've we've seen people i mean like like 600x their business right that have Never even sold a house before, sold two homes, sold 88 homes in 28 months. Or agents that have gone from already big producers selling 103 houses go to, you know, just under 300 in a wow. uh, time frame. Um, so it takes about six months and you want to run 300 to $500 a month budget, right? But I will tell you that if you can take get that budget up to a, closer to a $1,000 a month in marketing, like the momentum and the, and the speed will just happen so much more quickly because... The amount of money, that's a lot of money, a lot of impressions, a lot of watch time, right? Like imagine creating a video where you can get 400, 600 hours of watch time on every video. You can get videos that people are watching. 7,000 people are watching the entire video through play, right? Imagine doing this every single week, multiple times, like top of mind. There's a reason why. Nike and uh, you know McDonald's markets during the Super Bowl on the television when it's like you know eight billion times more expensive because they know it works. Yeah. So you have like for minuscule pennies to the dollar, you can do what these Fortune 500 companies are are doing on a local level to dominate very very quickly. But again, you got it takes consistency and time and making sure that you're properly getting the stuff out there.
0: Yeah, I don't think people realize how efficient local digital marketing is
1: oh crazy i'm like i'm like you i'm going across the world right i'm going across right. the united states so for, for me to spend a dollar like it's it you know someone said I, I get somebody got some bad advice like yeah we've been told to run these videos and spend a thousand dollars a month and i'm like across the united states i'm like how about no one is seeing you like nothing right. at all a, you know a five hundred dollars on a local level within a 15 mile radius is like massive, massive amounts of impressions and, and, and visual
0: eyes on you. Amen. Yeah, I did videos for a year before I launched Entra. I didn't sell anything for a year. And so, but I, re, I pixeled all my videos on Facebook. So at the end of, it was about 11 months, at the end of 11, and frankly, I would have taken more time except that company screwed me and I was like, oh crap, I need to start selling something. <laughs> By the time I, I started running an ad to sell a course, I had 2 million people in, in my retargetable, you know, audiences on Facebook that had throughplayed my videos. Um, and I did, I was able to accomplish that for about 25 grand. And again, I was going, at the time, I was US, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand. So it was a, way, a really broad, a broad net that I cast. But for 25 grand, I had 2 million people I could advertise to that knew who I was, how much would it cost to get 2 million people on an email list? Like $10 million? Totally. And it's just
1: eyes that are actually watching you and care and know I can trust you. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And email, by the way, email, if you're lucky, you get 20% delivery and or maybe, you know, 10% open rates. Videos, if they saw you, they saw you, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. Well, listen, Krista, I want to let you get to your Christmas shopping. Um, how can the world come get more of your awesomeness? Where should they go find you?
1: Yeah, so I just finished writing a book called The Ultimate Legion Playbook. Uh, it's a bestseller on Amazon under entrepreneurship and small business. You, it's called The Ultimate Legion Playbook. Just go to getkristasbook.com. So getkristasbook.com. And uh, you'll be able to get a, a free copy of this for shipping. And uh, we'll... Well, and there's also audio on there and everything
0: else. Cool. Yeah. And we'll put that link in the description, wherever this appears. And then as far as your coaching, uh, you mentioned you've expanded beyond just real estate and you're basically working with any local small business, right?
1: Yeah. Any local small business or professional, you know, if you're a doctor, attorney, insurance agent, um, mortgage broker, realtor, we, we help you. Dentists, whatever it might be, we'll help you just, just fast track your, we can go to authority in your profession.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will say that I have, and I don't say this about every guest because it's not always true, but in Krista's case, I have done my homework. I was on her show. It's been a couple months and I've kind of, you know, cyber stalked her a little bit and she's very, very good. So I'm I'm throwing my name behind and saying, yeah, go Krista. She's got great services, great products, and I'm sure she has a great book. Um, Thank you so much for being a guest on Millionaire Secrets. This has been awesome.
1: Thanks for having me. I spent with you on my podcast too. So thank you, Jeff. You're
0: amazing. I love what you do. Thank you. It's mutual. And to everyone else out there who's watching or listening, you are the absolute best part of this show. You are why I get up every morning very early, I will add, and work very hard because I love you and I want to serve you and you, you make my life just a joy every day. Thank you so much. We'll see you on the next episode. You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entra Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks head over to www.entrenation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.